Welcome back to Full Court Press. I'm your host, Liam Griffin. You know, Michael, those Yankees, they made some good moves at the deadline. Don't tell me the World Series is back on, though, because you know that's just not true. I mean, look, you know, you make some moves. You had to shuffle up, uh, you had to shuffle up the lineup because, obviously, it wasn't working. Uh, they're obviously underperforming. So, you know, adding some lefties into that lineup, which at the beginning of the season was basically all righties. Uh, I think it's going to be actually a big help as the World Series back on. Uh, right now, maybe the wild card is. Uh, but we do need to get back into the division series. But I'm, I'm really excited now for the second half. All right, so they're good moves. I'll say that, and I will dive more into them later. In fact, we will both dive more into them later. All right, boys and girls, back on the show today is the man who said the Yankees should sell after they lost the series at Fenway last weekend. Don't deny it. You said it. Mr. Michael McGinnis. Today's episode is packed. The Dodgers stack it up. The Manners make a questionable decision. And two of the top dogs in the major leagues square off in the Bay. We begin today with one of a few bombshell trades from Thursday night. Just not in the MLB. Russell Westbrook, he's going to his fourth team in as many seasons. The triple-double king has been sent to the Lakers from D.C. Along with two future second rounders for Kyle Kuzma. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, and the first rounder the other night that turned into Isaiah Jackson, a 6'10 forward from Kentucky. The roadie now joins forces with LeBron and AD to form a big three that rivals the one a few hours south from me in Brooklyn. Mike, what do you think of this move? Well, I think it might be the, uh, the reason why I won't watch the NBA next season. Um, yeah, I, I'm... Uh, I don't know about you, Liam, but I'm getting really sick of the super team era in the NBA. Uh, it's getting really boring to me just watching everybody team up. I mean, you know, we're not trying to build the Avengers here um, or necessarily even watch that. You know, I want to watch, you know, a player that a, squad, uh, a city, you know, really rallies behind, you know, a team that the players actually love and they're not just shuffling around collecting $40 million every year uh, on a new team. And so now we have uh, another team joining with the Lakers and that's going to be uh, – Westbrook, LeBron, and AD competing against the Nets, obviously, Irving, uh, Durant, Harden. Um, yeah, I don't like the move, uh, especially for, you know, the Wizards. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're turning Russell Westbrook, which was obviously a horrible situation, to a decent situation where you're at least getting something back for him and you're not having to give up stuff uh, to clear his contract. But at the end of the day, you know, the Lakers are still getting really, really strong. So maybe you should have uh, – looked around what would, been in it, what would have been the impacts around the rest of the league. So after the move was made, I quote tweeted Bleacher Report's tweet announcing the move, and I said, has the NBA been ruined again? It's legitimate possibility. I mean, because you're talking about an undisputed top-tier big three in the West and an undisputed top-tier big three in the East. I mean, Barring injury, there should be no stopping either one of these teams from making the NBA Finals. As much as it pains me to admit it, if Kevin Durant, not Kevin Durant, if Kyrie Irving and James Harden are not injured, the Brooklyn Nets are winning the NBA Finals. And that's just the truth of the matter. I know I said differently back in May, but that was before we saw what they were doing. That's just the truth yeah. of the matter. And, I mean, yeah, it's just boring. I mean, it's boring. I mean, the reason, I mean... This past playoffs was, as your phone goes off, hi, Mrs. Uh, McGinnis. I don't know if that was your mom or your dad. Uh, that was uh, something else. No, that was, this is, like I said, it was my friend's computer, so this is dad. Okay, um, so this past yeah, playoffs, back to the subject, this past playoffs was among the most entertaining in recent memory, perhaps even the most entertaining of our lives. Perhaps, yeah, I'll go I there. Like it was really predictable. Perhaps even sure. the most entertaining of our lives. Because they were so unpredictable. I understand injuries played a big part in that. But ratings were up this year because of how entertaining they were. I think ratings are going to plummet. They're going to plummet because unless something drastic happens, like if the Clippers somehow get a third star, or if Milwaukee beefs up even more, or if Boston gets Bradley Beal, or if Philly gets Bradley Beal, it's, it's just yeah. too predictable. It's just... At this point in time, it's too predictable. 
Who knows Very what's going to happen in yeah. free agency and trades over the as next few right weeks? Right now, I will tell you that the NBA Finals next year is Lakers and the Nets. As a, no as way. If both teams stay healthy. There's no way anybody's beating them. There's oh no yeah, way. absolutely. At this, no, I'm not saying that. You take a team like the Clippers, who's like a step or two away. If they had another star, they could be in the mix. If if Dallas trades for Bradley Beal, all bets are off. I'll say that much. Yeah, it'll be it'll make them more interesting, but I still don't think they're as good as the Lakers. Oh, neither do I. Neither do I. I mean, they have good players, but they don't have anybody on that team really that's put it together and made a deep finals run. Meanwhile, the Lakers have three guys that have made deep finals runs. They're three best players. I mean, it's gonna be uh, it's not gonna be good. No. Anyway, uh, you know, we almost had another uh, blockbuster trade in the NBA last night, also. Which uh, obviously was the 76ers offering up Ben Simmons, the uh, future Shanghai Sharks point guard, to the Golden State Warriors for a uh, seventh and 14th pick, as well as uh, two future firsts, Wiggins and Wiseman. Uh, that's four first round picks and Wiggins and Wiseman for Ben Simmons. Uh, Liam, are you surprised Golden State rejected this offer, or are you in the same boat as I am with this? As in. Ben Simmons. No, I'm not surprised that Golden State rejected this offer. I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for the bag of popcorn. I'm going to get the movies whenever I go back for the first time. Because Disney Plus Premier Access let me watch Black Widow from home. And HBO Max let me watch the new Space Jam movie from home. I haven't needed to go to the theater. But back on subject, I mean, it's... I don't know what the Philadelphia 76ers are thinking here. I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, what would you realistically give up for Ben Simmons if you were okay. the or like some other team? Okay, okay. I'm trying to think about this. Let's say the Celtics were to trade for Ben Simmons. The most I would be willing to give up is smart and probably two seconds. I wouldn't give up a first, and I wouldn't give up one of Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I understand that the Celtics have made a few trades today. By the way, kudos. Love the Josh Richardson move. Chris Dunn. Former Providence Fire. It's got some potential to come off the bench and be a good bench score, something which we lacked last year. But getting back on point, I mean, I mean, would you dare to trade Jalen Green for Ben Simmons? Would you trade Kevin Porter Jr. for Ben Simmons? Would you trade Christian Wood for Ben Simmons? I mean, because those are the big dogs on the Rockets right now. Honestly, if the 76ers were asking for a, a trade from the Rockets, it probably would be those three on the other way going out, which is what they would want. Obviously, I don't think those three packages I would never even dream of with the Rockets. I probably wouldn't do a package of that included both Porter Jr. and uh, uh, Green either just because you want one of those backcourt guys to stay. Um, but as far as, like, the Warriors go, I mean, obviously you need Wiggins and Wiseman because it makes a contracts match. But four first-round picks on top of that? Four first-round picks on top four of that. Four first-round picks. I mean, and and in this case, the seventh and the fourteenth pick, which are uh, this year's draft, higher value, high picks, higher value. So, uh, yeah, no, those are two very valuable picks uh, at the time. At least, would have been very valuable picks. Uh, so, I'm not even sure if I would have done the seventh and the fourteenth for both Wiggins and Wiseman training defenses. Okay, so the players that wound up in seven fourteen are Jonathan Kaminga, the kid that played in the G League this past season, and Moses Moody, whose name is now well-known because Kendrick Perkins couldn't pronounce it to save his life. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was literally at the rim, his team down two in game seven. He passed the ball up to, I think oh, it was yeah. Maxie. Oh, what? I mean, he, no, he was him. right in front of the rim, wide open. He passed it off to Maxie, I believe it was. He makes one of two free throws. Philadelphia never gets within one again after that point. That, that free throw put them within one. It was all downhill from there. The other thing is is that, you know, you know if we're going to do a little bit of price matching, this package is uh, almost uh, the exact same package that the Rockets uh, were able to get back for James Harden. Harden is on a, almost on a whole other level, I think, than, than Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He carries the team by himself. Ben Simmons cannot. He can't. Uh, uh, based on what we saw in the playoffs, it – bewilders me how Ben Simmons even made an all-star game. But in other NBA news, the draft was last night. Detroit took Cade Cunningham with the top dog. Rockets took Jalen Green, number two. Evan Mobley went to Cleveland with number three, among a few highlights. 
Mike, we'll keep it simple. Who won last night? Oh, well, you know, I have a few teams in mind that, that did really, really well. I mean, obviously, uh, I think that, you know, Detroit, Van Cade, you know, that was a win at the draft lottery. Uh, Rockets saying Jalen Green, you know, technically that's also a win at the draft lottery. Um, I think the Rockets did have a good all-around draft. Uh, uh, I hope that the center that they traded for from Europe and the uh, pick up number 16, they made a, a trade during the draft. Um, I, I hope that he's good also. Uh, and then, of course, you know, picking up the 23 and the 24, you're going to have two flyers, two guys that you're going to take a chance on, hope that they're good. So, I mean, they could have potentially had a really, really uh, impactful draft for their future. Um, other teams in the NBA, notably, uh, I, I really like the um, uh, the Hornets draft. They got, um, I think, Boop Knight and Kai Jones. And uh, those are going to be two good wing pieces to uh, play next to Lamelo Ball. Uh, and then, of course, they already have a few pieces around him as well. I mean, Gordon Hayward's going to be there for a few more years. So they're starting to build this young core. Uh, and then they also already have a uh, close to a max on contract. So I think it's going to be really good timing for them uh, going forward, especially you know after, after last night's draft. Yeah, I'll lead with what you ended with. That's Charlotte. I mean, I know James Pooknight did not have any sort of good, C- good NCAA tournament performance with UConn against Maryland, but he's still a big baller, and I like the move for the Charlotte Hornets, and you look at some other winners, I think the Rockets made a great move, trading up to draft the Turkish big man Garuba, him alongside Jalen Green. Yeah, he won the MVP of the Turkish League. Yeah, he did, at 18, too, and by the way, Jalen Green has freakish hops, by the way, so enjoy that, Rockets. Yeah, he can shoot, too. Sacramento picking up Davion Mitchell, the kid from Baylor, that's a good signing. Orlando taking Jalen Suggs. I thought he'd go a little bit earlier, oh, but... That was a really nice pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Kispert to Washington as well. And then I think uh, if you want to go into the second round, I mean, continuing off of your Cade Cunningham, like, he's not going to be the same player in the NBA as he was in college, I don't think. But Detroit getting Luka Garza, the reigning the reigning Naismith player of the year from out of the University of Iowa, Yeah. that ha- that yeah, could have some value. What? He went really late. Yeah, he went 52nd. That could have some value. And I'm not going to say you're saying that Luka Garza is going to be the best player in the NBA like he was in college, but yeah, I could see was. him being a nice role player. I really, really could. And then Jared Butler, another key piece of that Baylor team, going to New Orleans. Ayo Desunmu going to the Chicago Bulls in the second round. I mean, and Charles Bassey, Western Kentucky kid, going to Philly at 53. Had to give a shout out to my conference USA boy right there, best mid major in the country, and it won't be easy for these rookies to acclimate to the NBA level of play. But podcasting with Anchor will still be easy, as it always has been. All right, Mike is sick of the NBA, so enough of that. The MLB trade deadline came to pass at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, and we're here to break it all down. Those Padres, they thought they had acquired Max Scherzer. Nope. Not only did he get swiped away by the arch-rival Dodgers, L.A. also acquired Trey Turner, giving up four prospects for them, including the top two in their system. Scherzer is set to take the role of a former stud pitcher who will remain nameless. As for Trey Turner, Corey Seager has been out since May 16th with a right-hand fracture, so he provides even more depth on the infield can probably move to second if Seager ends up coming back. So, Mike, the Dodgers have had their struggles this year, to say the least. Do you think this gets them out of it for good? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think in general, just the uh, the idea of this trade is kind of sad to me as far as the Dodgers go, just because, uh, you know, they're already, before this trade, $60 million ahead on payroll. Uh, compared to all the other teams, you know, you have the uh, the Yankees, the Astros, the Red Sox, uh, even the Mets. They're all hanging around that 200 million mark. Meanwhile, you have the Dodgers, the salary uh, or the luxury tax eaters. Uh, they're not going to be up over 260, uh, and, and probably even higher. Uh, now, I mean, I think in general this trade, you know, uh, Scherzer's obviously going to take over Trevor Bauer's role, who was out for or who looks like he's probably not coming back this year. Uh, and then Turner, he can play in the outfield. He can play 
uh, all over the infield. He's going to be an ultimate uh, utility man for him, and he'll start every game also. He's an all-star shortstop. Um, but, of course, Corey is already at the position. Uh, so I, I assume uh, if and when Corey comes back, they'll probably keep him at short and return to something else. Um, as far as the, the outlook for the Dodgers, yeah, I think that they're, uh, they're probably not the favorites to, uh, to win the World Series. Yeah, and also the Dodgers also picked up Danny Duffy in that process as well. I don't think that can be ignored per se. Now, one of the things that has me, I'm very curious to the direction with which they go because, I mean, is Gavin Lux not on the Dodgers roster anymore? Because they were talking about him Um, as if he was going to re-Christian second base for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and now I see uh, his number is lower than expected, but uh, he's injured right now. He's injured right now, but in 278 at-bats this season, Gavin Lux was hitting 227 with an OPS of 656. That's not good. That's not good. So, that being said... I mean, obviously, Trey Turner can... can, uh, Actually, I'd put Turner in that situation. I'd put Turner at short and move Seager over to second. Oh, no, I'd put Turner at second, but... It doesn't really matter. You can flip-flop them yeah, all you want. Matter. But with the addition of Turner, if the Dodgers have Scherzer, Kershaw, or Bueller, or even, heck, David Price on the mound, the only pitch member of their lineup that will not have had an all-star is the catcher. And they have Will Smith, who isn't a bad catcher at all. In fact, I might even put him in the top five. Catchers, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... This team is stacked, but but the thing is, they were stacked going into the season, yet they're still three games behind the San Francisco Giants, and they also got better. uh, We'll get into that later. I think think the overall reaction throughout the MLB when when people heard about this trade was like, wait, this team can get better. Like, I didn't remember that this team could add extra pieces and continue to improve. Yeah, Uh, this is a juggernaut, but... The, the scariest thing for me going into the postseason is going to be that starting rotation. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, oh, honestly, yeah. you know, adding Danny Duffy, adding Max Scherzer, and then adding, I mean, you're adding that to, you know, Bauer, who probably won't come back, but then you also have Walker Bueller, you have uh, uh, Urias, you have uh, Kershaw. I'm, isn't Kershaw out? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I, I think he's hurt. But, I mean, even. I mean, even then, just you need, like, those four guys are going to go bang, 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 bang. And then, of course, they still have Dylan Tate, who I think uh, is also actually injured. So you mentioned uh, pitching is the X factor. That's what I'm going to say. Because yeah, I'll say this. The Milwaukee Brewers rotation can shut down just about anybody at any time, mm-hmm. regardless of how stacked the lineup is, which makes the Dodgers starting pitching all the more important. And boom. And talk about a gut punch for the San Diego Padres, too. They thought they had the best pitcher on the market, only to get swiped away by your, by the big brother role. I mean, like, the Dodgers to the Padres have been, were potent, possibly even what the Patriots were to the Bills or the Jets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, the Dodgers weren't the only team to make a big move. My Bronx Bombers, we added Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo to our lineup, giving us a few left-hand hitters that we desperately need. Uh, Gallo and Rizzo will join Judge, LeMahieu, uh, and even more awesome players, such as Glaber Torres, Giancarlo Stanton. Glaber uh, Torres stings, Giancarlo uh, Stanton is even worse. Allen, you know, all these great hitters. Anyway, uh, now it's obviously a much more intimidating lineup. Uh, Liam? We're going to the playoffs. What do you think? I'm not ready to declare that. I'm not ready to declare that. I'm just not. I'm just not. And here's why. Your bullpen is still atrocious. You don't have an ace at the moment. Well, Jameson Tyon has been pitching pretty well. I'll give you that. He looked good at Fenway last Saturday. He, he looked really good. He's a lefty. He's raised, uh Who? In the mid-threes now. <laughs> Yeah, Montgomery's pitching well too. Tyone is pitching well, but Cole got thrown. But Spider Tack Cole is getting lit up right now. Uh-oh. Two of his last three starts against the Red Sox, he's gotten destroyed. He got murdered by the Tampa Bay Rays the other day. He got pounded. He got. Let me finish. Also, 
your bullpen is still mildly inconsistent. I understand you guys picked up Heaney. That picking up Heaney was a good move. I'll give you that. But we just saw that Chapman can. Heaney is probably not even going to pitch. Go on those stretches where he gets absolutely pounded at times. I don't know what you were thinking about giving up Luis Sessa, by the way. I mean, he's been good for you this whole season. Loisaga, yeah, he's overall been good, but when he gets shelled, he gets shelled. When he gets shelled, he gets shelled. Same with Chad Green. When he gets shelled, he gets shelled. Some of the best relievers in the league this year. Oh, be quiet. I've been inconsistent. You'd rather you'd rather have a uh, a relief pitching slump now than you know at the last month of the year going into the playoffs. You'd rather them get it through now. I do think that picking up Heaney was good. Uh, in general, you know, you want to pick up some innings, give the relief pitcher some relief, uh, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, picking up Heaney was, uh, I mean, I don't think he'll probably start much. But, you know, out of the bullpen, having another lefty option is pretty good. But, I mean, we got really good pitchers back there. And, um, no, you don't. They're going to they're gonna come back and they'll be really well, good. I mean, you don't have, like, as good of a career as Britton or Chapman or uh, even Chad Green's had a pretty good career so far. Uh, you don't have careers like that at all for nothing because you're not a good pitcher. I think that they'll obviously Britain's been hurt, so you know they'll probably. Yeah, I was about to say, how's Britain doing this season? He's been hurt. Yeah. Okay. But, fair enough. You know, give them a little bit of time. I think they'll uh, they'll get you know they'll get back into it. You've been saying that the whole. I, you've been saying that the whole. Se- you've been saying that the whole season. Has it happened yet? No. Look, I have to have optimism now because I still think we should have sold, but. Nevertheless, I have to be optimistic now that we've made this bold well, move. Who do you have? Well, who did you have to sell? Is the question. Who did you have to sell? Uh, we have like five relievers that we could have got top prospects for. Are uh, they on expiring? Are they on expiring deals? Are they on expiring deals? They don't have expiring deals. If they don't have expiring deals, then you lose purpose in trading them. No, it doesn't matter. Teams are like oh, okay. Like okay. Chapman, like, I would way rather trade Chapman now and go get like two, three top prospects. Come back in two or three okay. years with a new whole new team. I don't think I don't think many teams want Chapman at this point. But beside the point, you think that you were the only team on the other side of the rivalry to make a move? Wrong. The Sox picked up Kyle Schorber, who was red hot in the month of June before suffering a hamstring sprain in early July. Don't worry, he'll be back relatively soon. Schorber hit 12 home runs in a span of 10 days earlier this season. Mike, do you think this can be the move that gets us over the hump? Um, well, I think that uh, obviously pairing Schwarber with Devers is going to be really nice. And then also having Bogarts and uh, Martinez, that's a really dirty part of the lineup. Uh, Schwarber, as far as uh, him, you know, I think he's been pretty injury prone for a lot of his career. Uh, so I guess in your case, you really, really want to stay on the field. Uh, he was really hot. Uh, I think that probably could have inflated his trade value a little bit. Uh, do I think the uh, Red Sox overpaid for him? Uh, that's yet to be seen. But uh, in general, it's probably a pretty good pickup for them. Uh, I'm not super excited about it, obviously. You know, in the same division as the Yankees, but they're going to be a. Uh, I mean, they're obviously a good team. You know, we can't beat them, so I have to admit that. But uh, and them getting better is obviously uh, a little bit scary. But no, I, I think that we'll be able to compete with them, and I. I don't really think this gets the Red Sox over the hump, especially after what the Dodgers have just done. The last five games, and this includes a brilliant start by Tanner Houck on Wednesday in which he gave up one and run over four innings. So let's take that out of the equation. Let's take that out of the equation. In the starts by Nick Pavetta, Martin Perez, Garrett Richards, and Eduardo Rodriguez this week. They've gone a total 16 innings. 16 innings. Mm. And given up 20 earned runs. Yeah. 20 earned runs over 16 innings. 20 earned runs over 16 innings. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's an 11-2-5 ERA. That is unacceptable. And you want to know how many starters Hein Bloom went and got at the deadline? Zero. I can't express my disappointment more in what they did at the deadline. Look, yes, Schwarber is a good move, but he ain't going to be around until August. Sorry, Mom, for using that word. I know you don't like it when I say that. Schwarber's not going to be around until the middle of August, best case scenario. 
And yeah, he can rake when he's healthy. But he's not healthy right now. And the fact that the Red Sox are breaking everything on Chris Sale returning to ace form coming off of Tommy John is very disconcerting. I mean, you're talking... This team had the opportunity to make a push to bring home a title. They didn't do it. And I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the one thing I will say about the Red Sox and uh, the main reason I didn't expect them to be this good this year is I, I still thought that they were um, really just kind of come, being to come out of the rebuild. I think that uh, obviously getting Alex Korback probably jump-started that a little bit. Uh, but... You know, I, I think that they would be a little bit hard-pressed not to tra- trade some of these prospects that they've been developing for the past few years while they've kind of struggled a bit after a World Series run. So, um, yeah, I think in general, I, I actually don't mind them uh, not making moves here. Oh, I, I, don't, mi- I don't mind them. I'm, I'm on the side of not trading the top prospects, but, I mean, it's not like you got more. I mean, you gave up. One prospect who may not even make it to AAA for Kyle Schwarber. That's just yeah. that's just my two cents. I, well, I, mean, I just I just feel like we could have done more. Yeah, I, I think that there are some uh, as far as the actual trade value going back to back, like you know, I think like that Gallo trade, like you know, I think the Rangers kind of got robbed. They're covering his whole salary. Oh, which is aren't, aren't the Cubs like, covering Rizzo's whole salary too? Yeah, Cubs are covering Rizzo's salary too, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Impressive, impressive. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you can you can think what you want about Cashman, but there's a reason why he's been the uh, why he's been the general manager for the New York Yankees for over 20 years. You have to give it to him. He's, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, finally anyway. had the balls to make a move. Finally did. Normally he does that in the off season. Yeah. But he didn't really assemble a great team, so you know, have to make up for what he screwed up. Anyway, uh, on Tuesday, Seattle was the site of one of the simplest yet most complex trades to understand uh, this week. Kendall Graveman just had to walk to the other clubhouse as he was traded from the Mariners to the Astros. Houston took two, uh, took two of three games from Seattle early in the week. Seattle's players were not happy after the trade. Graveman, who has a 0.82 ERA insane over 30 ridiculous. games uh, and 33 innings pitched, uh, the season, which, you know, isn't obviously that much of work at this point in the year, but, you know, still insane, uh, insane play from him. Uh, and then Seattle, uh, you know, their game back of uh, second in the wild card race, you know, and they're trading away one of their star leavers. So uh, they're now back two and a half. Uh, Liam, does this trade make any sense to you? No, no. And I, I understand they got Diego Castillo from Tampa to replace him, but what are you doing? You clearly don't think you can win with this team, so you ship off one of your best relievers. The players think they can win, though, is the thing. The yeah. players think they can I, win. I, I, I and, 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 and do you think that, because Seattle won the first game of the series after coming back from 7 to nothing down. Mm-hmm. They came back from a nearly insurmountable deficit, and then immediately they say, you know what, we don't need, him any, we don't need this guy anymore. We're going to ship him off to a division rival. And the Astros won the next two games by scores of eight to six and eleven to four. You think that trade depreciated the Mariners' morale, and you think that had an effect on their play? Without yeah, question. No, Without question. Without question. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous to me. I don't get it at all. Yeah, and then uh, you know the. Uh... The other weird thing about that is that they're trying to a team that's in the same division. You know, it's not and like you're sending them to the their division league. too. It's not like they're sending them to the National League. You know, you're helping out their rival. And you know, obviously now, I mean, if I was one of those players, I'd be, uh, I'd be quite pissed off at the uh, front office for doing something like that. So yeah, no, this trade doesn't make much sense. But Houston needs a reliever, so uh, I guess in their case, they yeah. should be happy that they got and, them. And not to mention the elephant in the room is. Also a rival with probably the most hated players in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah. So, yeah, no wonder Morales down. All right. Well, the Padres didn't get Scherzer. They did get Adam Frazier from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Frazier started the All-Star game at second base with the NL. Is hitting 320 on the season. 
Frazier joins a loaded infield with the likes of Machado, El Nino, Fernando Tatis, Hosmer, they didn't end up trading him, and Crone's own Jake Cronenworth. Mike, do you like this move for the Padres? Yeah, no, I uh, I do like the trade for the Padres. Uh, of course, adding Adam Frazier is a really good, uh, really, really good second baseman. So, um, yeah, I think this is a really good move for them. You know, it's, it, it's an interesting move to me because I don't really well, see they, where I don't really see where Adam Frazier fits. They don't have the need for the second baseman. But yeah, I, I don't see where he fits. I mean, sure. their infield is a three twenty hitter. Obviously, this uh, you know this um, I guess this uh, the division race is going to heat up. Obviously, with the Dodgers loading up with Scherzer and uh, uh, and Trey Turner, and then. Uh, not to mention, we haven't mentioned this trade yet. The uh, Giants have acquired Chris Bryant, the leader of the division. We'll get into awesome. that later. So now the Padres, you know, they're, they're going to have to make moves. I actually think Adam Frazier might have been one of the best available overall hitters. Uh, so, you know, they went and they got him early, and it was a really good move. For yeah, they're starting Adam Frazier in left field tonight, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, Hosmer at first, Cronzone at second. Tatis at short end, the jerk Machado at third base. So, I mean, yeah, if they can, now that they've found a place to put Adam Frazier, they've stuck him in left field. If he can play a good defense there, then that's fine. Then it's a, yeah, then it's a good move. Looking at it from the naked eye, you didn't quite get it if they weren't going to move Hosmer because that creates too crowded of an infield. But you got him knowing that you could stick him in left. And lo and behold, it's working. You've also got Myers. The catcher, Caratini, is also solid. I'm pretty – I don't know if Tommy Pham is still in San Diego. But, I mean, you've got a chance to win. And also, Jerks and Profar, he's solid as well. I guess Tommy yeah, Pham, is, Tommy Pham is still around and isn't the player he was in Tampa or St. Louis. But he can still hit. OPS of 7.83 on the season. So, this makes an, makes an already loaded offense even more so. I think mm-hmm. they've had their hitting has had the upper hand on the Dodgers this season. Dodgers have had the upper hand with pitching. Potters have had the upper hand with hitting. Giants have had the upper hand with both, to be frank. That's why they're atop the division. Yes, but it's a good move. It's a good move. I like it. Yeah, they had to do something, obviously, now with the... You know, I'm guess they're, I'm bet they're really happy they got slammed down after you know Chris Bryant and and then uh, the Dodgers trade. Anyway, let's head north of the border. Toronto Blue Jays made some key additions to their bullpen. Jays added Jose Barrios to their rotation and Brad Hand to the bullpen. Uh, Barrios was seven and five with a 3.48 ERA for the Minnesota Twins, while Hand was five and five with a 3.59 ERA for the Washington Nationals this season. The Jays are currently 52-48. and 48. They're eight and a half games back out of the AL East. Liam, can these moves fault them into contention? Well, I'll start with this. I mean, the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen has been terrible. Yeah. It's been terrible. It's been almost, uh, it's been almost unfair to their offense, who I believe leads the major leagues in homers and just got better because Springer – is finally healthy, and you can say what you want about trash cans. He hit without them last season and has nine homers in, you know, barely 30 games this season for Toronto Blue Jays. So so he can hit. He can really hit. And then you take a look at this rotation. Robbie Ray has an ERA of 304. Hunjin Ryu has an ROA of 326. And then but the bullpen guys, I mean, Jordan Romano's been good. He has an ERA of 248. I mean, the Julian Merriweather situation early in the year was odd, but other than Romano, you know, Adam Simber and Saucedo, who's been good for them in limited outings, they haven't really had much bullpen help this year, and that has really held them back in the death vault that is the AL East. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. it's the toughest division in baseball. It's the toughest yeah, yeah, division of baseball. Yeah, them in the NLS are the undisputed toughest divisions in baseball right now. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. so, I mean, I went on a limb and said the Blue Jays were going to go to the World Series back in March. 
under the assumption that their bullpen would be what? You said they're going to go to the World Series this year. Yeah, under the assumption that their bullpen would be actually good. It's been terrible, but it's it's too little, too late. They're not. I don't think they. They're not coming back to make the wild card spot. Not when not when the Yankees got better. Not when Oakland is still good. Assuming Seattle doesn't let the trade demoralize their players entirely, I don't think they're catching them up. Yeah, I I, I still think they're two or three years uh, behind. Gosh, I can't imagine in three four years. The Rays is one of the best, most well-run organizations in the league. The Red Sox, their young players will finally be there. Yankees, you know, right now their young core will finally be like ultimately in their primes. You're gonna have, uh, um, and then, I mean, obviously you're gonna have the Blue Jays who are gonna be, you know, Vlad Jr. moving into his prime, Boba Shep moving into his prime, Kevin Biggio moving into his prime. You know, like it's gonna be. Uh, they're still gonna have. They're still gonna have Springer too. Yeah, but Springer will be much older. But it's, yeah, they'll uh, still have him. And one of the keys for this upcoming offseason for the Blue Jays is, and also Lourdes Gurriel. The Gurriel, the Gurriel who can hit without trash cans. The X factor for the Blue Jays this offseason is they got to re-sign Marcus Simeon, who's having a career year for them. they got to re-sign Marcus Simeon. And without him, they might, they may very well be below 500 right now. they got to re-sign him. It's, it's imperative. He started the All-Star game at second base. they got to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. All right, well, elsewhere in the NL West, the Giants made a big splash late, acquiring Chris Bryant from the Cubs. The former NL MVP bolsters the San Francisco team, currently boasting a three-game lead in the NL West. Bryant, he's hitting 267, with 18 homers, 51 ribbies, and an 861 OPS. Mike, can this be the move that gets the Giants their fourth title in 12 years? Yeah, uh... Look, I still don't really know if this team is for real yet. But they, uh, yeah, I just I have no idea what to think about the Giants right now. They're a team that I expected to be absolutely horrible at the beginning of the season, uh, and now you know obviously they're top of the league. Um, Bryant's you know a good player. Obviously, he's had a bit of a dip recently, uh, which is why the batting average is down to two sixty seven. But nonetheless, you know you're still adding a great third baseman, uh, and yeah, I think that you know. As long as the Giants keep pitching the way they are, Kevin Gossman's pitching really well. Uh, and Buster Posey's playing like, you know, he did five, ten years ago. Yeah, I think that the Giants uh, could actually make a title run. I just don't know really what to think about them. So, you know, obviously I, I don't want to bet against them at this point. They're winning. You know, they're playing winning baseball. Yeah, it's – I don't know what to think about them still. I still don't – and it's odd because they've been playing like this the whole season, but, I mean, they don't have that star. I mean, I know they've got Mike Yaz. I know they've got Gosman, but neither of them are really big names. You know what I mean? They don't really have that, you know, the Soto or the Tatis or the Acuna or the Betts or the Devers or the Judge or the Altuve. You know what I'm saying? They don't have that major star. And that's why they've been, they've continued to fly under the radar, and that's why, to be frank, I still don't know what to think of them. I mean, Chris Bryant is not what he used to be. He's having an excellent season, but he's not what he was in 15. So, yeah, it's an excellent move, but the question is, can they do it come postseason time? Because this is a team that hasn't been in the postseason since 2016. Yeah. Well, uh, another move made by the Cubs – they sent their best reliever across town. Craig Kimbrell joins the White Sox bullpen uh, that already boasts William Hendricks. Great name, by the way. Having across town with another star closer, I think it's going to cause some controversy. I think Kimbrell's going to want the closing spot. I think he's a hothead. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, it could cause some cause some controversy. Oh, oh it could. But yeah. the question but, is, you know, it's about the postseason. Having both of them is going to be quite a luxury. I mean, that's two lockdown oh, yeah. guys. You can literally enter, you know, pull, and you can literally just drop one in the game whenever you want. And, you know, you'll still have another one waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but thing is that I know we won the World Series in 2018, but it was hard not to have a heart attack when Craig Kimber was pitching. I mean, 
this guy. I mean, do you remember that uh, game four of the 18 ALDS? Uh, the Yankees got the winning run on base after when they were trailing four to one in the bottom of the ninth inning. Kimbrel literally Kimbrel walked two men on four pitches in the inning, and also hit a batter. He only gave up one hit in the yeah. inning, so he's still hard to hit. He's though. a rat. Yeah, he only got one hit, but he's erratic at times. So that's where I'm a little bit worried about them down nice the line. But I mean, if I mean, these two guys, if, if these two guys, Kembrel and Hendricks, are out there for him, I mean, for yeah. opposing teams, it's like you have until the seventh inning, essentially. And I mean, this White Sox, the starters, they are, they've got Giolito, they've got Lynn, they've got Rodon. Those are so. Just imagine having to face one of those guys for the first seven innings of the game. Then immediately having to go right into Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, I agree. That that alone could get the White Sox to a championship. Mm-hmm. And their offense is getting better. They just got him in his back. Robert's on the up and up, unless I'm mistaken. This is a really, really good baseball team. I know they've benefited from playing in one of the probably the second worst division in Major League Baseball behind the NL East. But this is a really good baseball team. Yeah. And they should be taken very seriously. Mm. All right. Well, finally, Javier Baez is now a New York Met. He was one of the fire final pieces to go in the Cubs fire sale. Baez is hitting 248 with 22 homers and 65 RBIs this season, but strikes out a ton. However, that middle infield of Baez and Lindor could be dangerous if they both find their swings. Michael, do you take the Mets seriously as contenders now? Not really. I, uh, that's a hard team to uh, kind of discuss. You know, obviously, having Baez and Lindor, uh, if Baez is playing at his normal capabilities, that's a really good end field. Um, I think the Mets are kind of right now in a position where they're overspending. Uh, you know, DeGrom, you never can't. You know, he's obviously a great pitcher, probably easily the best in the league when he's healthy. My question is, is he healthy? Uh, so I don't necessarily take the Mets as serious contenders. Uh, they're in a horrible division, so they're going to get right into the playoffs, uh, it looks like, as long as they uh, they can play some decent ball. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think, the you know, once you're in the playoffs, it's anybody's game. So I guess they technically could be uh, contenders. I'm not taking them too seriously. It's not a team I'm looking at. I'm scared of well, first of all, Lindor is hurt right now, so when he gets back. But when he gets back, congratulations, Mets. When Lindor gets back, you will have assembled the most overrated middle infield in Major League Baseball history. I mean, the way MLB hypes up Javi Baez and Lindor on Instagram, I mean, would you even put them in your top three Major League shortstops right now? Probably not. You've got Tatis, you've got Bogarts, and you've got Trevor Story. And even if, even the, and dare I say it, the cheater Correa. So, yeah. you've assembled the most overrated middle infield in MLB history. You play in the worst division in baseball. You're not going to have DeGrom for a while either. I mean, the Mets currently are 54-48 and 48 and have a three-and-a-half game lead in the NL East over the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Philadelphia Phillies are sub-500. This division is, for the lack of a better word, a CRAP shoot. It's terrible. I didn't spell out the, I didn't say the word out loud because my mom's not going to like it. Or wouldn't like it. This division is awful, and it just got even more so because the Nationals sold everyone on their team not named Juan Soto. I mean... Yeah, no, I, I I don't take the Mets. I don't take the Mets seriously. I don't take the Mets seriously. You shouldn't either. If I was the Orioles, I'd be trying to move right now. <laughs> hey, hey, could have some value. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls. Are we on our great achievements of the past in the coming week? Fourteen years ago today, July thirty first, the Boston Celtics they acquired Kevin Garnett in a seven for one deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. At the time, was the biggest trade ever for one player. That season, KG averaged 19-9 and per game and played a big role in bringing the Larry O'Brien Trophy back to Boston. Uh, 25 years ago today, 
uh, I'm 25 years ago, Monday, August the 2nd, so not today, uh, the U.S. men's basketball Olympic team followed up the dream team by bringing home the gold themselves, defeating Yugoslavia in the gold game 95-69. to The dream teamers, Stockton, Malone, Barkley, Pippen, and Robinson were still around, in addition to talents like Shaq, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Reggie Miller. That, also a very stacked basketball team. 36 years ago, Wednesday, August 4th, Tom Seaver, whose nickname of Tom Terrific in large part prevented Brady from trademarking it, became the 17th pitcher to win his 300 career game. What a career Seaver had. He had a career ERA of 286, won three Cy Youngs and three ERA titles, made 12 All-Star games, was on the 1969 World Series winning Mets, and is enshrined in Cooperstown. I'm sorry the Red Sox blew it for you in 86. You deserve a second ring. Uh, 32 years ago, Friday, August 6th, the Boston Red Sox retired Carl Yastrzemski's number eight. Yes. Thank you for making me read this, Liam. You're welcome. I am a Yankee fan. I, mm, well, Yaz had an outstanding career. He had a uh, career war of 96 and a half. Uh, he hit 285 for his career, had 452 long balls, 18, 144 RBIs, and he won the batting title three times, took home a triple crown in 1967, seven gold gloves, and an MVP. He made 18 All-Star games, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Only thing he is missing is a World Series ring. That I didn't include. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. First up, the Brewers and Braves are just began a three-game set down in Atlanta. We are pulling up the score of tonight's game. The Brewers took it 9-5 to five behind a strong start from, I beg your pardon, Corbin Burns got lit up, but Brad Boxberger was good in relief. So, tonight, Brandon Woodruff faces rookie Kyle Muller. Sunday, Brett Anderson scores up against Chucky Morton. Sunday, that's a really good matchup. Mike, who you got? Yeah, I have to go with the uh, the Brew Crew. I really like Brandon Woodruff. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, I do think Charlie Morton's better than Brett Anderson. But, uh, you know, in general, I think that, uh, you know, whenever you have a good pitch like Woodruff going up against a rookie, uh, you're going to have to side with that team. And that's the one game that I feel confident about uh, with the games remaining in this series. So, uh, I have to go with the Brewers. I think the Brewers take the game tonight, Saturday. I think the Braves take the game tomorrow. I think Woodruff paces Milwaukee to win because he's simply better than Fuller. Morton paces Atlanta to win Sunday because he's simply better than Anderson. That's not to say Brett Anderson is bad. Charlie Morton is just better. All right, next. The AL West leading Astros pay a visit to the NL West leading Giants. This afternoon, Zach Granke spurs off with Zach Alex Wood. Sunday, uh, Luis Garcia and his Texas two-step lineup face Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants. Liam, tell me what. Tell me how badly you think the Astros will lose the series. Well, first of all, have you you've seen Luis Garcia's windup, right? Oh, it's a Texas two-step. It's drive. It, it drove me crazy when he pitched against the Red Sox. Him and uh. Him and Ryan Yarbrough have drove me absolutely insane watching them pitch against the Sox this year. But I think Wood beats Granke today. But, I mean, Luis Garcia, if it weren't for the other Garcia in Texas, I'd Luis Garcia, he'd probably be the frontrunner for American League Rookie of the Year. I'd like to say I'd like to advocate for Garrett Woodlock. Thank you for him, by the way. He's got an ERA over 130 in the long relief role for the Red Sox this season. But because we kind of murdered him. Whatever. I I got the I got the I got them splitting the final two, and the game is still going on as we're recording. It's one o'clock on Friday night. The San Francisco is down seven five to Houston as we speak. Hopefully the Giants pull off the comeback. Well, you know what? I'm still putting my money on the Giants winning the rest of the series because I can, in good conscience, pick the Astros to win a game. <laughs> so uh, that's my pick. Man, you really hate the Astros. My God. I mean, who would you rather see win a World Series right now, the Sox or the Strohs? Probably the Sox at this point. Oh, uh, man. Oh, I can't, I can't say the Astros same. Fans, I can't say the same. 
I cannot handle that. Finally, my Red Sox are in Tampa Bay for a huge showdown with the Rays. Perez got shelled last night as Tampa beat Boston 7-3. Tonight, Nathan Evaldi faces the aforementioned Ryan Yarbrough today. That's going to be tough to watch. And Sunday, Nick Pavetta scores off with Shane McClanahan. Mike, big series, will it go our way? Um, you know, I always think of Tampa Bay as a really smart team. They are a really um, smart team. I, I really don't like either the Rays or the Red Sox. Um, I, I think I would probably have to go with the Red Sox, even though I do think the Rays are generally a better team. Uh, just because I like their pitching matchups. Uh, Nathan Gavaldi and Nick Pavetta are both really good pitchers. So, uh, I'll go with the Sox. Yeah, so, I don't, Nick Pavetta has had an extremely rough go of things lately, but, at the same time, he's pitched, he's pitched against Tampa Bay twice this season. He's thrown 11 and two-thirds innings, hasn't given up a single run. And we have the ace tomorrow, in the Evaldi, who will have... Had a week's worth of rest. The more the more rest Nate gets, the better he pitches. And I feel like that's why we threw Perez in on a little bit shorter rest to give Nate that extra rest. Up and down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, I mean, I mean we're talking multiple times. This is a this stretch coming up could define our season. I mean, these two in Tampa, you've got a bit of an easy series in Detroit coming up, even though they've been hot lately. Then you've got four at the Rogers Center up north in Toronto. Then you've got three more against the Rays. We're going to be yeah. seeing a lot of Tampa going forward. So, I hope we get the two. You know, I'm just going to say I hope I think we get the two, but anything can happen. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's all we have planned for today. I'm Michael McGinnis. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Mike for coming back on today. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Pest Podcast. And on Twitter at FullCP Podcast. That's F U L L C P Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, you know what to do. DM the podcast or contact me. Stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, positive, get the shot. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.